Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati, Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Have you joined the Travel Club yet? Well, here's why you should. You'll be the first to know when we're on the go and you get to be part of some fantastic destinations and meet some wonderful people. That's what group travel is all about. The website is travelingculturati.com. Go ahead and join in the fun. Today, we're looking ahead to 2023 to see what it has in store for us, or at least what shenanigans we can get into. (laughs) We'll also look at top destinations, travel trends, and some travel tips for the coming year. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and of course, the Culture Report. But right now, I've got a little travel news. Kind of sad to hear that after this year's Afrochella in Ghana, that it was announced it would be the last of its kind or as we know it today. So that promises that It will be reimagined sometime in the future, but there's no specific future plans on what that will or won't be. And just to kind of remind you that Afrochella occurred every December last year, 2022, was the sixth Afrochella, bringing together thousands from across the diaspora to Afrobeats, artists from across the continent. And yes, it was celebrated in Accra, Ghana. So since 2017, it's really been a popular event. And Ghana is one of my favorite places. But co-founder and CEO Abdul Karim Abdullah did announce that this year would be the last year or 2022 would be the last year as we know it. So we can hopefully look toward the future and see if Afrochella will return and we'll see in which way it will do so. But a quote from Abdullah says, as we announce 2022 as our last year under the Afrochella name, this doesn't mark the end for us. We want people to know that Afrochella was the foundation that helped amplify, elevate, and celebrate African creatives across music, art, fashion, and food, and will be the stepping stone to create even more spaces for our people to dream, to build an Afro future. So as we take this time to evolve and expand, we know that the future remains bright for Africa and We're elated to see where the next adventure takes us. So let's stay tuned for that. Now, if your holiday travels were on Southwest Airlines, you may have been part of what is now called the Southwest Meltdown after some winter storms wreaked havoc on the United States and then Southwest's system wreaked havoc on itself and they had a complete meltdown. I, for one, was part of that, unfortunately. Southwest Airlines has agreed or are giving those customers who were part of that or victim to that thousands of flight cancellations over the holidays, 25,000 frequent flyer points to those travelers that were 
affected. Southwest CEO Bob Jordan wrote in a letter to impacted travelers that 25,000 points have a value of more than $300, will never expire and carry no blackout dates. And this is according to the points guy, Zach Griff, who posted an image of the offer on Twitter. Southwest said in an email that they are providing the 25,000 points to people whose flights were canceled or delayed for more than three hours between December 24th and January 2nd. The airline said it will give 25,000 points for each paid and ticketed flyer on their reservation. The offer comes after the Dallas-based carrier canceled thousands of flights every day between December 22nd and January 1st. And that certainly upended thousands of travelers and really wreaked havoc on holiday plans because it wasn't just that flights were canceled and people couldn't get to their destinations, but their bags didn't arrive when they finally arrived. And so individuals were certainly struggling to get their Christmases that were in these pieces of luggage. A lot of people had checked their bags and checked their Christmas gifts along with it. And they're calling the 25,000 frequent flyer points a gesture of goodwill. In order to get the points, you of course have to join the rewards program. I'm sure they have something for those who were not on the program. Maybe you can sign up and then get that $25,000 bonus so that you can hopefully get a free ticket in the future. They also refunded. I received a refund myself. They refunded for flights you didn't take. I actually went ahead and bought a ticket on another airline instead of waiting for a (laughs) three-day wait to fly again. JetBlue is now increasing and changing some of their flight schedules out of JFK into London. JetBlue is a New York-based carrier, and they recently announced that starting March 25 of 2023, that they will have a daytime flight from New York to London. Well, what does that mean? You know, most flights to Europe leave in the evening so that you have an early morning arrival in Europe, especially for those nonstop flights. Well, JetBlue is going to operate a flight leaving New York, JFK, at 8.25 a.m. And it will arrive at 8.45 p.m. that evening. They will keep their evening flight. They will also have their 9 p.m. departure arriving at 9.30 a.m. the following morning. Also, their Boston flight leaving 6.45 in the evening, arriving 6.30 in the morning. And then they will still have flights in and out of Gatwick, London's Gatwick Airport with evening departures arriving the next morning. So again, that new flight that will be JFK leaving at 8.30 a.m., arriving into London Heathrow at 8.45 p.m. the same day. So that might be advantageous, especially for business travelers. Delta Airlines is rolling out free Wi-Fi for all travelers. So starting next month, Delta Airlines will offer free Wi-Fi to all passengers. CEO Ed Bastian made the announcement at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas recently, adding that the sky-high internet access will be provided through a partnership with the cellular provider T-Mobile. Delta claims that its network will provide best-in-class flight connectivity for customers. Bastion said, we didn't want just free Wi-Fi to offer base level service. We wanted it to be transformative for the entire onboard experience. 
It's imperative all customers on board can enjoy their favorite content just as they would at home. And we've put this system through meticulous tests to make that possible. The rollout will begin February 1 with more than 700 Delta aircraft being equipped by the end of 2023. By the end of 2024, the airline will have brought the service on international and regional aircraft as well. So that's something to look forward to. You definitely want to make sure that you create a Sky Miles account in order to have access to it. And the EU will not be outdone because they will allow phone calls on planes in 2023. But many are questioning, is that a good thing? Really? Is it? Just kind of think about it. You know, sometimes I'm walking down the street and someone's walking or standing alongside of me and they're having a very long and loud conversation that I really don't want to hear. I can certainly see for emergencies or for those who have to have important conversations, but think about those who are just annoying, making unnecessary conversations and seats are very close to one another, which means you really wouldn't be able to avoid hearing someone's conversation. So whether or not that's a good thing, I don't know. But member states of the EU have a new deadline to make 5G frequency bands available on planes, which is June 30, 2023. The move will allow phone calls while in the air, and that would mean that passengers no longer have to cut themselves off from that outside world while flying. So huh, let's see how this goes, and hopefully we won't have any ruckus on planes because someone won't just be quiet. <laughs> oh, more bad behavior expected on planes. Well, Marriott is expecting to introduce more than 35 luxury hotels worldwide in 2023 from the international luxury travel market that was held in Cannes recently. Marriott International announced plans to introduce those luxury brands in 2023. Ritz-Carlton, Ritz-Carlton Reserve, St. Regis, W Hotels, The Luxury Collection, Edition, JW Marriott, and Bulgari Hotels and Resorts. This would give them a footprint of nearly 500 luxury brands and resorts in 68 countries and territories. Marriott said it's poised to cement its position as a global leader in luxury hospitality with more than 200 luxury properties in the development pipeline. This will be from Kenya to Singapore and Japan to Mexico. More than 35 new hotels are slated to open this year alone in sought after and emerging destinations around the world. So again, we're looking at Ritz-Carlton with their legendary brands, Ritz-Carlton Residence, St. Regis W Hotels. You'll see some additions in the Mideast, for example. Edition is their luxury collection of individualized hotels. It is considered to be the next chapter in lifestyle hotel stories expanded into Madrid and Tampa. Well, there's been an attempted coup in Brazil and people are asking what is U.S. and China's role in it? Protesters have demanded President Lula's election victory be overturned, defeated former Brazilian far-right wing president Jair Bolsonaro fled to the United States on New Year's Eve and is currently in Florida with his former secretary advisor. U.S. officials, including Representative Ocasio-Cortez from New York, are demanding that the U.S. send him back 
to Brazil. On January 1, the former president lost presidential immunity. He could be jailed in any of the numerous Brazilian court cases against him, running from embezzlement to genocide. Now remember, in 2019, he is the Brazilian president who said he would rather have a dead son than a gay son. Now, similar to what happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021, when supporters of the U.S. President Trump tried to overthrow the U.S. election and invaded the U.S. Capitol in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil, a mob of supporters of Brazil's far-right former president invaded the Supreme Court and its congressional building and surrounded the presidential palace in Brasilia. Now, Chinese President Xi Jinping, special representative and vice president, attended Lula's inauguration on January 1st in the capital city, Brasilia, along with representatives from more than 60 countries. This would mark Lula's third presidential term. He was given another four-year mandate in general elections in October 2022 winning 50.9% of the total, while his predecessor obtained 49.1%. In the meantime, U.S. Secretary of State Blinken said, we condemn the attacks on Brazil's presidency. Congress and Supreme Court using violence to attack democratic institutions is always unacceptable. Now, considering the former Brazilian president is on U.S. soil, it can be assumed there may be a lot more to the official side of this story. So let's see how that pans out. That's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute and we're looking ahead to 2023. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit the website, TravelingCulturati.com. Connect with me on social media and join the Travel Club. And now, Javon's Travel Minute. A new year presents a new you, and it's time to reset. I like to take stock in my travel plans and get my travel documents in order for the year of travel to come. Check your passport for its expiration date and number of blank visa pages. Make sure your passport meets the validity period of any of the countries that you plan to visit and that it meets the blank visa page requirement. You can visit travel.state.gov for that information. Check your luggage and replace any pieces that are worn out that are due to be replaced. Check your toiletry bag for items that need to be refilled and or restocked. Check your frequent flyer or rewards points and take any necessary action to make sure you don't lose points or if you can give yourself some bonuses to take advantage of. Check your budget and overall expenses and buy an annual insurance policy. You want to make sure that you're well prepared for the year ahead of travel. This is Javon and that was your Travel Minute. Well, again, welcome back. And yes, I'm still saying Happy New Year because we are now only in the second week of the new year. 
And it's more fitting for this week's show because we're talking about the year ahead. Some travel trends, travel destinations, and you want to get your pen and pad ready or your tablet or (laughs) your smartphone to take some notes to add some of these destinations to your list. And also some of these trends that you'll want to take advantage of. We'll throw in a few tips as well. Joining me in the discussion today is Jean Harley, executive producer. Hello, Jean, and welcome to Traveling Culturati. Hi, Javon. Always good to be here. Yes. It's always nice to have these conversations because we work together and we have so much going on and we like to take stock in what our clients are asking for, what people are calling about places they want to visit in the coming year. And they're at the top of our list. We already have some things planned out for the year. And these are those top destinations that we're also seeing on some experts lists as well. That's right. And it's so true because there are a lot of destinations that are going to be favorites. And for probably a hundred or more years, the top one is Paris, France. Everybody wants to go to Paris. The City of Lights is just one of those destinations that's going to be the top on everyone's list. Yeah, it never really falls out of favor. No, it doesn't. Um, But some years it's more on everyone's wish list than Mm -hmm. other years. And I think this is a good year to go, not just Paris, but France. And we know we will have one trip going with the Michael Basin Travel Club and potentially another smaller more intimate trip going to other parts of France this year. But one reason it's good to go this year is it's going to be ahead of the Olympics. That's right. And the year of the Olympics is going to be much more expensive. So you definitely want to get in a year ahead if you're going just to go and not specifically for the Olympics or go the year after. Yeah, you know, it's going to be crowded. We experienced that exact same thing with other destinations. So France is going to be a good time to go, Paris in particular. And this, for the first time, we're going in the summertime. So I think that opens it up to a lot of people who generally don't get to travel because their schedule doesn't allow for travel in the spring or the fall. And Paris can be beautiful in the summer and it may not be that hot. No, we typically go in the spring or the fall, mostly in the spring are the times we've gone in like April or May. So yeah, first time really going in the summer, but it's a fun electric group. And I think that will make all the difference. And I'm looking forward to experiencing Paris in the summer. That's right. And all the sites, the Eiffel Tower, Montmartre, we're going to the Champagne region, any of the wine or champagne or cognac or brandy regions. No, we're not talking about the drinks. We're talking about the regions. The drinks you know are named after regions in France. The Louvre Museum is going to be there. I haven't been to the Louvre in years. I've been to the one in the United Arab Emirates, but it's good to go back to the original. And many of the sites just walking the streets of Paris. is just a great opportunity. Yes. And Croatia. Now, we went to Croatia last year. Yes. But we put it on the list again because it was a small intimate group. It's going to be another small intimate group this year. But Croatia is still a very hot destination and it's still very affordable. And the best way to see it is by ship. And again, this year, we're going to be seeing Croatia in 2023 in late summer. We're going to be seeing it by way of a mega yacht or a small cruiser. So it's the best way to see all the different islands. And we're going to be seeing Dubrovnik and Split and everything in between. And that fits with some of the trends we're talking about, because if you are a TV follower or show follower, you'll know Dubrovnik when you get there because of Game of Thrones. It is probably one of the most known cities destinations 
from that television series. So yeah, Croatia is a great destination. Friendly people, great food, in part of the Mediterranean, part of the Aegean, part of Europe. It is just everything, and it's very affordable, like you said. It is. So we're looking at the end of July through the first week of August. And some of the folks that traveled with us last year want to go back. They enjoyed it that much because it's a private experience. It's an intimate experience. And we are still talking about the food. If you've never been to Croatia, one thing I'm going to tell you, you have to eat a tomato Mm -hmm. in Croatia. We raved about the tomatoes, but the food there, you're talking about it's not 100%, but I would say a 90% farm to table. For everything. Experience. For everything. Great yes. production of lavender, great production of olive oil, olive oil. and honeys, and the seafood. And wine. Yeah. Oh, seafood fresh from the sea. And I think one of the best chefs we've ever had for one of our groups on our cruiser or on our mega yacht, whatever you want to call it. I think everyone truly enjoyed it, including the farm dining program we did with the family. Yeah, that was a truly wonderful experience. And what was unique about it is that it's an abandoned village. Mm -hmm. And so basically, this entire community was just abandoned because they didn't have the resources anymore. But the people never lost the land. So they still have the land. One of the things about Croatia is that they're very much into property and heritage property. And so a few of the individuals are now offering experiences in these abandoned villages. And they are authentic, they're unique, really nice experiences. A lot of historic sites in Croatia, a lot of chance to see natural reserves. And as I already stated, beautiful islands each day between Split and Dubrovnik. So, you know, it's going to be a great time. You're going to get a chance to have all the heritage, all the tours. If you're into movies or television sets, a lot of things are done there. So Croatia is going to be a great trip. Certainly is. And going back to New York, had a wonderful experience. I was pleasantly surprised. It had been a while since we had done a program to New York. And doing so, we this time wanted to focus on Black history. Of course, we went to theater. We went to a musical, MJ the Musical, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But also, we did this Black history tour, and we did it over a couple of days. And I was just really blown away with the amount of history that I didn't know, not in such an up-close-and-personal way. Yes. Um, You just kind of know things. But then when you go there and you really can put your hands on it and it becomes more tangible, it's a wonderful experience. Especially since most people don't think about black history in the way you saw it. 400 years of history, black history taking place in New York. I don't want to give all of it away, but it's not just Harlem and Brooklyn and Bronx and all of that. Even Manhattan, the history of Manhattan, Central Park, there are grave sites, there's history, there's dining, there's activities that date back not just 50, 75, 100 years ago, not just the 1920s and going forward, but 300 and 400 years ago in New York City. And that's what we're going to be concentrating on on our trip to New York. Yes. And Greece. We wanted to do Greece last year, but time just really got away from us. But Where Greece, a few years ago, pre-pandemic, it was all about Mykonos. It's all about Crete. That's right. Of course, you're going to go to Athens because you want to see the Parthenon and the iconic treasures of Greece. But the pairing this time is going to be Crete. And Crete is a fantastic destination. The Greek islands are fascinating. And the history of everything you've read, 
a lot of the history books, but also a lot of the stories you have, and even modern movies are based on there. And Crete and Santorini are two of the favorites. And I'm happy we're going to be adding Crete to the list of places that we visit when we go to Greece this time. Now, something that you and I are going to experience ourselves in the coming weeks, and we'll report back, but going to Nashville, um, really looking at some of the destinations in the United States that are true Americana and some kind of overlooked things that you may not think of as well. So I'm looking forward to going to the Museum of African American Music. And there's a long list of Black-owned restaurants that are really bringing Nashville to life. Yeah, people just don't recognize, and a lot of people do. They think of Nashville, they're thinking of country music. But Nashville has a lot of R&B and blues history also. And that's why the National Museum of African American Music is located there. And we're going during the time of the hip-hop exhibit, which will be going on for a month. And we're looking to take a group back there. But the dining and some of the top hotels, like the Soho Hotel and the number one hotel in Nashville, make it a top destination. And like Javon already mentioned, you can't go to Nashville without thinking about Beale Street and dining. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just country music, folks. That's um, right. It is representative of many genres of music. And our specific interest is in the African-American music, the museum there, as well as, as I said, I'm really excited about experiencing some of these Black-owned restaurants. Some other destinations, and some of these, I think, we were talking about them in 2020. We didn't get a chance to go to them, especially those international destinations. And believe it or not, some countries are still just reopening their borders. Some have not been open since 21 or 22 even. Yeah, that's right. Since closed down in March of 2020 and have not opened up or just opened up. And that's true. A lot of Asia and Asia has some top destinations that we love and that should be on everyone's list. How about Japan? Well, definitely. Japan is always a favorite. It was on our calendar for 2020. We were hoping to do it in 2021, but things just did not pan out that way. So rather than trying to cram it into 2022, we decided that we would do Japan. But again, it is on many people's lists. And some of our lists is going to carry over to 24, but it's on the mind of everyone. It's on the expert list of visiting. Japan this year. That's right. And Japan has opened up again. Now you may have to be vaccinated or if not vaccinated, get a test within a certain amount of time. Check travel.state.gov or the embassy for more information on that. But Japan is a great destination and so diverse. I mean, you have the mountains, you have the north where you can go skiing in the winter. You have the south where you can go and lay on the beach all the time. And my favorite cities like Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka. <laughs> yeah, those each are my one, favorites. Each Ky- one offering a lot. Yeah, Kyoto is definitely the culture capital of Japan and a must-do and see. And Osaka became one of my favorites. They're big on street food. And then Tokyo, you just have to go to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> 30 million people can't be wrong, folks. Uh, Tokyo, just to stand there in the street and have the crosswalks and have a thousand people crossing at the same time in the main area in Tokyo is worth it in itself. Yes. And Bangkok is on everyone's list. Shopping and dining paradise of the world. No matter what you want to buy, it's available in Bangkok and Thailand. It's one of my favorite places for that area, central world, for shopping in there. And what is it, MBK for knockoffs? We should be advertising it, but that's where you can get your best knockoff items. And the main hotels, all of them, top four and five star hotels right there in the middle of the shopping area. 
or you can get a beautiful hotel overlooking the river. And what a view. Yeah, Bangkok is one of those destinations, again, that come up on the list almost every year. But sometimes they're talked about more often than others. But nightlife, beach life, wonderful food, the rich culture, and that's the reason that it often stays on the list. Definitely a lot of nightlife. And one that has been on our list and keeps moving year after year (laughs) is Peru, going into Cusco and Machu Picchu. Now you've been to Machu Picchu, so I'll let you take the lead on this one because I've been to Peru, but I didn't have the privilege of going to Machu Picchu. Yeah, Machu Picchu and to Cusco, again, a culturally rich destination. Of course, if you're a fan of ceviche and pisco sours, (laughs) you're definitely going to be at home there. But the altitude is something that you have to contend with. And you want to make sure that you go during the dry season and take the train to Machu Picchu and really take your time to take it in. And then also going to Sacred Valley. These are all of the things that will be on our list as well. So Peru is one of the destinations on our list, too. Looking forward to it in 2024. That's yes, right. absolutely. And when you're talking about Africa, the destinations that I'm seeing on everyone's list this year are Kenya and Tanzania, the East coast of Africa. Yes. That is really coming up in favor. Kenya and Tanzania alike, hotels have invested in building new luxury lodges, especially safari lodges. And that's been a big draw to Kenya and to Tanzania as of late. And it's one of those destinations where you get a chance to see the large migration of animals. You can see a lot of the big five. It is spread out over a lot of different areas, but the Maasai Mara, the Serengeti, all of the different places. You can get a chance to see lakes, beaches, everything is available in Kenya and Tanzania. Yeah. And I like to look at number of lists and do some comparisons to see which destinations are on almost everyone's list. And Mm -hmm. so this is a short list of those destinations. That's Italy, Japan, Southeast Asia, looks like we already have, with exception of really most of those. Mm -hmm. The Caribbean, Caribbean, again, never goes out of style. Uh, Some islands, you know, come in and out of, of favor, but never goes out of style. Egypt is still on the top of the list, and most of that is in anticipation of the museum opening. Yes, that's right. And we were blessed to see Egypt this year and every year, and we're looking forward to going back to Egypt probably in 2024. And the Holy Land part of Egypt is a nice addition, too. Yes, it is. Jordan is really on the list. And I really wanted to put that one on our list because Jordan has been on everyone's tongue as of late. And I'm seeing it on a lot of industry expert lists. When I went to the conference last month, I met with a lot of folks from Jordan Tourism and got to have somebody on the show to talk about the destination. But more and more, we're talking about Jordan and not just as a side or an add-on destination, but a destination in itself. America West is on a lot of lists. And I think during the pandemic, we were going to the national parks and we were really exploring within the United States. And so people have done some exploration and found that they really love traveling within the United States. And so I think that's why the America West is still on there. Mexico and Costa Rica as well. A lot of great destinations. Yeah. So add those to your list and make sure you replay the show so you can get more information. And let's talk about some travel trends for 2023. Mm -hmm. Wellness is still top of mind. When you think about what we've dealt with and what we've had to endure over the last 
couple of years, even if you didn't lose a job, many people have lost loved ones. Many people have just been stressed out with the idea of having our lives changed and having lockdowns and all of these things have really changed us. And I think that this is why we're all realizing how much we need to pay attention to ourselves. Definitely. Health and wellness, emotional and physical after the last two years is going to be a major part of travel because it's going to be a transformation to get you back healthy both mentally and physically. And your destination can fit all of that in too. Your vacation can be part of that. Yes, spa resorts Mm -hmm. are very big because, you know, hotels and resorts started saying we need to be self-contained. We need to start offering these services and really paying attention to the needs of our guests. So spa resorts are really looking at pampering and peace and quiet. In addition to wellness, and this is part of wellness, but transformation or transformative types of retreats and travel that people are looking to either heal or to get sleep. Sleep vacations, you know, became a thing that people just want to go and enjoy a place where they can get a lot of rest. And then some hotels and resorts are really catering to that environment to make sure that you can get some restful sleep. So healing, physical challenges, and health and wealth, I mean, uh, as far as your diet, all of these things in that transformation. One thing that's very interesting, and they're calling it set jetting, not jet setting, but set jetting. What was the number one thing we all did during the pandemic? (laughs) We serial watched television. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. I think they invented (laughs) series based on the lockdown. I mean, look now, they're still our shows that you can watch 24 hours. Binge watching became the thing. thing. There it is. Catch up on series. Mm -hmm. Well, not only are people making sure that their viewing pleasure is mobile, that they can take it anywhere. And I'll tell you, when I was in Spain, I couldn't find a channel in English. So I was watching Netflix on my laptop. But people are looking for ways to make sure that they can take their television programs with them. But also what's happening is that they've fallen in love with some destinations that they have experienced through the television shows. You mentioned one. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. And even though the series is over, people are still very much in tune to. When we were there, everybody was there. But they're looking for it everywhere. A lot of TV shows are set on locations, and those locations are widely recognized. And people want to go and see where their favorite show was filmed. Yeah, one of my favorite shows. It's not a new show, but it's with Queen Latifah, and it's called Last Holiday. And she goes to Kalobivari and stays at this beautiful resort. And it's all about her just living life to the fullest. And that's one place that I've always wanted to go just because of the movie that I've seen. All inclusives are upping their game. And I'm glad they're doing so because you and I have been in that category Mm -hmm. where we can call ourselves kind of all-inclusive snobs. Snobs Yeah, (laughs) like we're too well-traveled for all-inclusive because it was really kind of designed just so that you can eat and drink and not think about things. And that's the good part of it. But the food quality and the drink quality was often... And the experience was totally lacking. It was nothing that made you feel like, ah, you were there. They might have one theme night, but other than that, just throwing out old sushi or hot dogs and pizza no matter how much, it was not worth it. But no, the game has been up. It certainly has. So you're talking about 
resorts that are bringing in uh, really good chefs and you're going to see more specialty restaurants, dining, more hands-on cultural experiences, better entertainment with music and other types of entertainment. So they're really trying to reinvent and really up the game when you're talking about all-inclusive. And you really need to look at the destinations and the all-inclusives that are being offered because these aren't your regular Caribbean version ones, although some upscale ones are now in the Caribbean. But places like Mallorca and Europe and Eastern Europe, even Southeast Asia, are offering some very nice upscale, all-inclusive programs. Yes. Airport lounges. Oh, yes. Um, although our frustration during the last couple of years of traveling has been some that are either closed or shortened hours or being exclusive to certain members or being overcrowded. But airlines are really paying attention and upping their game as well. I think it was last week I talked about the new American Airlines lounges at JFK. So yeah, airlines are putting more into their airport lounges. They're adding chefs that are bringing top-notch meals and food in the lounges, especially for the upscale ones, and also spa treatments. There's very limited places that used to offer spa treatments, but you're seeing spa treatments And in some international lounges, you have the benefit of even having sleeping in quiet rooms, too. Yeah, absolutely. I actually love that Mm -hmm. in Dubai. They have the rooms where you can sleep and just so many different types of foods and environments that you can enjoy in their lounge. Something we're doing, yachts, but also luxury brand hotels. Hotel brands are doing it. Like the Ritz-Carlton, they now have their yacht collection. But a lot of people are going this way and realizing it's not as expensive or out of your reach as you may have thought. And even cruises with some of the major ones like Virgin and others are giving you a upscale version of it where it's not just throwing a lot of food and drinks at you, but giving you a true experience. But if you really want it, you want to get on one of the yachts because you can go to exotic places and see sites you haven't seen before. And really, like Javon just stated, it's not out of the price range for a lot of people. Not as much as you would have thought for it to be. That's right. And people are paying attention to electric cars. And so when we talk about road trips, people are really now mapping out and using their electric cars because it's one, more affordable than gas today. And two, there are more charging stations. Some people are putting them in their own homes, but you'll find more charging stations on the highways and along the roads. And so people are actually mapping out their road trips based on those charging stations. Seeing the sights and being able to go. I mean, you're getting from 250 to 400 or 500 miles in between charges, so you can see a lot. Yes, and more what we call pleasure travel. Those who are traveling for business are adding in the leisure or the pleasure part of it. And one of the reasons is because the business travel end of the travel industry is still slow to come back. It has not come back as aggressively as the leisure business have come back. And so what's happening is that those who are now starting to travel for business are making it a twofer and saying, you know, I'm going to go ahead and plan my family's vacation extend at the same that, time. Extend that stay, see more, do more, and relax more. So you have business and then leisure. And so you can combine them both together. So that's a great option, too. It really is. And last but not least, last year we were talking about revenge travel, and that's carrying over to this year. 
but more international way where last year was more domestic. But what is happening now as people are now starting to plan for long-term destinations, even looking at 2024 and mapping out their entire year. That's right. They're looking for opportunities to learn and explore and, and enjoy themselves in long-haul destinations and enjoy the destination, not just scratch on the surface and do one-day touring, but really enjoy the destination. Now, it's like people who locked themselves in and had to work from foreign destinations. They want to continue that. And I think others want to continue it. We just want to get away. <laughs> well, that and making things more educational. So educational itineraries are really what is trending now as well. So even if it's something that you want to learn to do while you're there, or you want to learn more about the culture or the destination, or learning to do something in the process mm-hmm. is what's on the agenda for 2023. <laughs> so if you have some ideas, you can let us know. You can email us at info at Also, you can connect with us on social media and join in the discussions there. When I come back, I'll have the culture report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Head on over to the website, travelingculturati.com. And don't forget to join that travel club. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the arts, food, music, and sometimes politics and strife. I subscribe to what's called the Daily Alm, and I received this little nugget in my mailbox the other day, so I'm going to read that to you. An aware traveler sees each new journey as an opportunity to gain a greater understanding of humanity. As the technology of travel grows even more refined, the world grows smaller. Whereas a journey of 100 miles once took many days, we can now travel across the globe in mere hours. The four corners of the earth are accessible by plane, train, and ship, and there are few pleasures in life as soul-stirring and transformative as travel. In a new land, the simplest of joys can be profound. Meditation takes on a new quality because the energy in which we are immersed is unfamiliar. Our sensory experiences are entirely novel, yet the relative ease with which we can step out on our own culture in order to explore another means that we are ambassadors, representing not only our own way of life, but also the culture of the traveler. As a conscious citizen of the world, you can add value to the locales you visit while simultaneously broadening your own perspective. A truly aware traveler sees each new journey as an opportunity to improve international relations, spread goodness, and gain a greater understanding of humanity. To immerse yourself in foreign cultures is to open your mind to fresh ways of being. Your natural curiosity can help you navigate the subtleties that defined a culture. While you may not agree with all the traditions or laws of a country, abiding by them demonstrates that you understand and respect their value. Staying centered in another culture 
is often simply a matter of learning about your destination, being patient with yourself and others, and accepting that people may treat you as an example of your country's attitudes. New worlds will open to you when you take part in the everyday life of a locale. The reality of a destination is in its markets, its streets, and its people. Traveling represents a wonderful opportunity to practice being open-minded and grounded. The voyages you make help cultivate a worldwide community in which we as humans can acknowledge and appreciate our differences as much as we recognize and appreciate our similarities. Though you will eventually return home, the positive impression you leave behind will remain as a testament to the respect and amicability that marked your intercultural interactions. As I think about these words and this quote, I wanted to think back on the culture and history of travel and tourism. And if we trace the development of tourism, we can look back to the 17th century to present day. People have always had a need to travel, be it to explore and discover new lands or for our own enjoyment. Tourism covers precisely the latter. We can trace the origin of the modern concept of tourism back to the 17th century, when young nobles from Western and Northern European countries made what was called the Grand Tour, a trip around Europe, usually covering France, Germany, Italy, and Greece, with the main purpose of soaking up history, art, and cultural heritage. It was considered a perfect way to be educated. By the 18th century, this custom was widespread among wealthier classes, and it spread to other parts of the world like America. Summarily, Religious pilgrimages that were already popular during the Middle Ages continued through this period. The Industrial Revolution, which began in the second half of the 18th century, produced a major economic, social, and technological transformation that would spread to the rest of the world. As a result of these changes, there was an exodus from rural regions to growing big cities, which needed labor for the new industry. Therefore, new social classes appeared. Developments in transportation were also key. The improvements in freight and passenger transport contributed to the birth of leisure, new forms of entertainment and travel. People traveled mainly by train, taking advantage of the fact that railways and networks connected the destinations in Europe and other parts of the world. The 19th century saw the creation of the first travel agencies. One of the pioneers was Thomas Cook & Son, which was the first to offer excursions and holidays for groups, which included transport, accommodations, and food tickets, thus making costs a lot more affordable. This would be the origin of what we now know as package holidays. In the first half of the 20th century, the tourism industry continued to grow thanks to the mass production of buses and cars. Coastal tourism began to gain importance, and after World War II, the Mediterranean coast quickly grew in popularity. Also, improvements in air transport, as well as progress in labor legislation and a growth in social welfare led to a boom in tourism. The tourism sector suffered a recession during the 1970s, mainly due to the energy crisis leading to lower costs and prices. That's when mass tourism emerged. In the U.S., deregulation of the airline industry happened. 
Traveling went from being something only for the exclusive group to become a leisure activity within the reach of the masses. In the following decades, there was a progressive internationalization of hotel companies, of travel agencies, and airlines. New products and new leisure activities were also offered revolving around sports and health. So too was the rise of technology and the birth of the online travel agency. They were like Priceline, Expedia, and Travelocity. Today, the tourism sector has become one of the great economic engines in many countries, forming part of the international political agenda as well. In recent years, with low-cost carriers and the existence of alternative accommodations managed by online companies, it's much easier for tourists to afford the travel and they can design their own itinerary and experiences to their liking. Tourism not only impacts the local economy, but it also starting to affect the social structures, culture, and lifestyle of the destinations that are visited. Therefore, the challenge now is to provide solutions by developing a tourism awareness that is respectful with the environment and the local way of living of its inhabitants. The three modes of transportation, we're talking about land, air, and water. With land travel, it was the industrial revolution with cars, trains, and trams. During the 18th and 19th centuries, there were significant developments in the transportation due to the Industrial Revolution. Beginning in Britain, the Industrial Revolution saw the development of advanced machinery and manufacturing that changed the way the world produced and traded goods. Alongside these industrial developments, more advanced modes of transport were also created to cater to the developing world. During the Industrial Revolution, the first bicycle was made, the first motorways were invented, and the first cars were built. The first car with a gas engine was made in 1886 by Carl Benz. Cars continued to develop around the world, and in 1908, the first Ford cars were manufactured in America. Early forms of trains date back thousands of years, but the first train with a steam engine was invented in 1814. Initially, trains were used to transport coal from mines. In the 1820s, the first modern trains were built using steam locomotives, and trains became a common mode of transport for many. Developed railway networks allowed people and goods to travel and be transported to greater distances at a quicker speed. As people began to understand more about the Earth's atmosphere in the 17th and 18th centuries, they discovered the possibility of using air for transport and travel. This initially came in the form of a hot air balloon. 1783, the first hot air balloon. In 1902, the Wright brothers invented the world's first controlled powered aircraft named the Wright Flyer. The first airplane in flight continued to develop with World War II, advancing the speed of aircraft production. An essential part of military operations, bomber aircraft such as the Lancaster was invented. After the war ended, people began developing commercial flights. The first commercial flight and aeroplane was flown by de Havilland Comet in 1952. Now the history of water transport... The use of water to travel and trade dates back to 4000 BC, with the world's ancient civilizations using this to access rivers and seas to develop the world's first trading networks. They became essential to survival and the development of civilizations. 
Between 4000 BC and 3500 BC, the first river boats. Archaeological discoveries led us to believe the first river boats were invented in ancient Egypt in 35 BC. But let's skip ahead to the Industrial Revolution, steamboats and steamships. Large sailing ships and boats allowed people to travel the seas, but it was during the Industrial Revolution that the first steamboats and motor-powered ships were invented. The first steamboat was built in 1807 in the Americas. Of course, we're talking about the history of travel and the culture of travel and tourism and how you play a part. And it makes me think of a quote by Maya Angelou that I want you to think about the next time you travel, to know that you're part of the history of travel, to think about how you want to experience it and how you want to leave your mark. In the words of Maya Angelou, it is necessary, especially for Americans, to see other lands and experience other cultures. The American living in the vast country and able to traverse 3,000 miles east to west using the same language needs to hear languages as they collide in Europe, Africa, and Asia. A tourist browsing in a Paris shop, eating in an Italian restaurant, or idling along a Hong Kong street will encounter three or four languages as she negotiates the buying of just a blouse, the paying of a check, or the choosing of a trinket. I do not mean to suggest that simply overhearing a foreign language adds to one's understanding of that language. I do know, however, that being exposed to the existence of other languages increases the perception that the world is populated by people who not only speak differently from oneself, but whose cultures and philosophies are other than one's own. Perhaps travel cannot prevent bigotry, but by demonstrating that all peoples cry, laugh, eat, worry, and die It can introduce the idea that if we try to understand each other, we may even become friends. Maya Angelou. Until next week. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and